We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Welcome to the DGD Podcast. As always, Robert Reynolds, Juan Daniels. Um, we've got a lot to talk about, but before we do, just want to give everybody, listen, take take a second to keep Mike Leach and his family uh, in your thoughts or pray for them if you're a praying type. Uh, things are not good. It kind of happened quickly over the weekend. Uh, so sh- uh, thoughts and prayers here from the DGD Podcast. Uh, just terrible news, man. It really is. Uh, just kind of crazy how things just happen. Uh, but like I said, keep them in your thoughts, keep them in your prayers. If, like I said, if you're a praying type, um, so yeah, uh, just like I said, just want to make sure people are aware. Like it's kind of sad what happened. Um, other than that though, Juan, uh, I think we got a lot to talk about today. Uh, obviously we play one of your favorite teams, Ohio state here on new year's Eve. And, you know, with that being said, it's, I think it's time we, we look into both teams, and we're going to break this down offensively first. I want to look at our offense, look at their offense, get some, obviously, some key players, right? And then kind of look at offensive strategy, right? Kind of compare strategies here. <clears throat> Just kind of get a feel for each offense. Uh, yeah, as Bishop Don says, let's go. The brigade, you know, speaking of, let's do the shout out before we start. Uh, our brigade, we've got some, uh, we've got some. OG, uh, O-double-G's, man. Got, got J-O-double-G, about to have P-O-double-G. Yeah. Goodness gracious, man. The brigade is growing. They don't even realize it yet. <laughs> they don't even realize it yet. Uh, but first off, let's do this. Obviously, uh, Stetson did not fit, did not take home the Heisman Trophy, as many thought that he should have, uh, coming in fourth, which – you know, at the end of the day, though, I, I do think that's something that should be noted, in my opinion. I, I, you know, obviously, I, you know, we talked about this. There was, you know, a thin chance that he would win that. But nonetheless, just going to New York, right, I think to me that, that's a recruiting pitch in itself easily, easily. Um, breaking news, uh, we apparently J-O-double-G – Boom. New baby just arrived. New brigadier, folks. 
live during the show, new Brigadier Juan. Double, double grandma. Tell him, tell him, man. We got to let them know that Juan's the GOAT. There's no question about it. That's what you're going to be brainwashed to hear for the rest of your life because it's never, it's never a lie. All right? It's never a lie. But with that being said, obviously, kind of going back here, um, Stetson get, like, in, in Kirby Smart, right? Did you, did you hear what they were talking about in the end, like the quick questions that was uh, Kirby was asked? Did no. you hear that or anything? No, I didn't watch, watch any of it. Okay, so basically to paraphrase, like he, he kept proving, like St- he kept talking in regards to Stetson about how like he just kept proving him wrong. Stetson kept proving Kirby wrong. You know, they never believed in him in that sense, and, and he kept fighting through and things like that. You know, but I look at it ultimately, right? Like obviously that's a testament to Stetson and his work ethic. But at the same time, I look at it as a recruiting pitch right there. Like, you know, you come on and, and he mentioned – you know, practice squad and things like that. And it's, it's Kirby's what's the word, what's the best word for it? Like, you know, the mantra and and the standard at Georgia, right. Come in contribute and be a great team, you know, team member and things like that. And just turned out to be that way. He kept preaching practice, right. Which, you know, Kirby, that's, that's a crucial point in this program is practice and things like that too. It was just a good sight to see, man. I ain't going to lie. It was fun to see Stetson up there. and You know, I think him finishing fourth might light a fire because for some reason Kirby gets these guys motivated over anything and everything. Um, so the fact that he comes in fourth, you know, I guarantee you Kirby's going to find a way to manipulate in that into some fuel, if you will. Um, you know, what are your, what are your thoughts on uh, Caleb Williams, though, winning the Heisman? Uh, you know, I, I was having a, this discussion a little bit earlier today. Um, it just depends on what the criteria is, right? So from a criteria standpoint, it, statistically, I mean, that was his Heisman. I mean, he had you know, more, you know, more passing yards, more passing touchdowns. He had more rushing touchdowns. Um, and, and so he did what he did, you know, needed to do from a check the box standpoint, but also too, and I, and I think Desmond Howard was a little bit of a, you know, a little bit upset. If you were looking at somebody, you know, that's representing what is, you know, what's the Heisman trophy all about. Caleb Williams is not, not that guy. You know, I, I would have gone with a Max Duggan before I would have gone to, um, gone to Caleb Williams. No, I mean, it was crazy to me. I didn't expect, I guess for me, I didn't expect Max Duggan to be second. There was a – it seemed like a wide gap between first and second. And then third and – obviously third and fourth was a gap between second and third and fourth. So, it, it was spaced out, if you will. Um, so, it seemed well, like – What Max Duggan did, you know, and, and I think it was, you know, uh, one of the things that you're looking at is C.J. Stroud when it really mattered. I mean, just – he just did not show up. Whereas Max Duggan, when he – basically was trying to will his team to, to, to win that game. If they win that game, it would have been Max Duggan's trophy. No ifs, ands, or buts about it. My, my thing was, though, Juan, with a lot of this Heisman stuff, the ballots could be placed before the conference champions even happen. Because to me, when you look at a Heisman winner, right, stats is one thing. This tells me this screams a stat award because Caleb Williams had nice stats for sure. But you lost to the only good team that you played twice. Twice. Like, obviously, it's you know it's an individual award, right? But you know you start to look around and, and Max Duggan, like, 
you take a team that legitimately was projected to finish seventh in the Big 12 in the Big 12 conference and you move them to an undefeated season and it took an overtime loss to Kansas State trying to beat a team that you've already played twice right so they only lost to them by one but it was overtime on a last and the problem was the play call had they kept Duggan the ball had they gave him the ball for that quarterback sneak I guarantee they score yeah he he, he balled his ass off that game well, you, but you have to look at it too. Like if, if 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 we are calling it what it is, calling a spade a spade, the Big Twelve is awful. I mean, they just were not very good. I mean, they they just weren't. Texas was bad. Oklahoma was bad. They didn't really have that marquee team outside of a outside of a TCU. So you know that that was that. Caleb, you know, you can't fault him for that first loss because I mean, you know, Utah was aggressive. They went for two. They win that game. The second loss. I mean, he's playing very well, had a breakout run and then, you know, tweaks his hamstring. So it just seems like the Heisman voters did not penalize him for 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 those two instances. Um, Yeah, I mean, to rightfully so, like, I understand there's context around it. Right. Because, like, for some reason, people keep wanting to give steps and shit for being surrounded by a bunch of top talent. And, um, you know, to that point. You look at well, for Stetson going three games and not throwing an offensive touchdown. That's going to kill you, uh, number one. And uh, and then again, like you said, j- just he's he's got a lot of talent around him. So you plug in any of those quarterbacks to Georgia, and I really feel like it's you know, you, you know, you're tilting scoreboards versus you know what what, what you have with with a Stetson. Or if you take Stetson and you put him on these other teams. They're not going to be that good. Well, think about this. Half the season, Stetson didn't even touch the ball to make a pass in the fourth quarter for yeah. half our season. So some of it is, you know, some of it is, and I'm not going to knock this because at the end of the day, I want to win what we're about to win again. You know, the individual awards are nice, but I can guarantee you Stetson and every single one else on this team don't give a damn about these individual awards, they want that natty in January. Yep. All day. That's what all they day, every, All day, every day. Yep, you're right. That, that's that's why you look at – because we, we we spread it around, right? We spread it around. You look at Kenny McIntosh, right, Dejon Edwards, all those guys. Like, they've got decent stat lines, but it's spread out. Brock Bowers spread out. It wasn't nearly as much as last year, right? And that's a good thing to have for, you know, Kirby's preaches it complimentary football and it's a, it's a championship winning program mentality to have and and just in my opinion right i mean let's be honest brock bowers not winning the mac people would have probably rioted in the streets i can't be mad about that because just he is the best tight end in college football and i guarantee you he wins that shit next year too just until he's proven otherwise I, I just don't see it but um but other otherwise, right? Like obviously that is in you know, that's in the rearview mirror now. And now Stetson can take that and and find some fuel to the fire as we get ready for Ohio State. Juan, I'm gonna let you I'm gonna let you pick here. Uh which offense do you want to talk about first? Um let, let's talk about Ohio State's offense. All right. Let's do this. Yeah. All right. So y'all know, obviously, we're just gonna talk some key players here. Uh like I said, kind of feel for that offense, right? To me, from an overall standpoint, like obviously you have an absolute unit when it comes to receiving core. 
right? You have, you know, you have Marvin Harrison Jr., in my opinion, best receiver in college football. Ameka Abuka, right? Damn good receiver in his own right. Uh, the one, the name that I haven't called yet is Jackson Smith and Jigba. And with him being hurt, things like that, and now you've got him not playing in the in the bowl game, or in the in the Sugar Bowl, or sorry, the Peach Bowl, my fault. Um, and that puts a damper on that receiving room, if you will. Um, but Ohio State has now, if they're healthy, their running backs are good too. Um, you know, you look at guys like you know Trayvon Henderson, of course, right? Uh, and then what is it? What's his name? Um, it's Slippin' Mamba. Slipping my mind, coming to me though. There, uh, Evan Pryor, I think it is. Yeah, Evan Pryor, uh, kid out of Huff here. Uh, both of those guys are dinged up. If they're healthy, which you know you have what three weeks or so to get healthy and and prepare for the game, it can make for an interesting game if you have these guys coming back healthy, right? Or how healthy can they be? Should be the question. Because I like what Trayvon Henderson can do. Right, and I think Evan Pryor's the same way. But it all starts with C.J. Stroud ultimately too, because C.J. Stroud can stretch the field vertically. Now, from that point, how much of it, you know, how much how much vertical can they be? We'll see. Right, I think I, I think they pose a threat to our defense by being able to stretch the field vertically. Uh, but if you notice. Um, they also have some good players on their offensive line. It's young, but you I mean you've got Paris Johnson, right? You've got Paris Johnson. Excuse me. Let's see, Paris Johnson and, and Dewan Jones, which is a senior at right tackle. So their tackles are they're they're doing well. Uh I mean, I think Paris Johnson will probably be a first round pick. You know, maybe Dewan will be like a I don't know, a mid round pick or something like that. But at the same time, you know, like what does what does Ohio State have to do to try to win this game come New Year's Eve? You know, well, they're going to have to find a way to, to move the football. They're averaging about 500 yards a game. Georgia's defense is, you know, only allowing like 300 yards a game. So they're going to have to find some matchups um, in, in, in the secondary. The problem is going to be is as is, is, is decent and as good as C.J. Stroud is, you know, being a being a dual threat is, you know, that, that, that pressure up front. Uh, if you go back and look at that Penn State game, Stroud had a really, really tough time throwing the football. Um, and, you know, Penn State has some very, very talented defensive backs. Um, but, again, that pressure getting on him, he does not seem to do very, very well. So that, that's going to be an interesting – and then, again, of course, you know, Chris Smith and Malachi Starks, they're going to be busy. Um, they're going to be busy. You've got, again, Mbuka, and then you also have – um, you know, Marvin Harrison Jr., who are they're they're just monsters. I mean, they they, they really are. So in, in order for, you know, for, for them to be successful against us, they're going to have to go to a quick, you know, maybe quick three step, maybe one step drop and do some of that that old school, um, you know, Tom Brady, you know, just catch it, throw, catch it and throw, catch it and throw. And then hopefully their guys can do, you know, make some make some big plays. But that's going to be tough. So I look at. I, I... My thing is C.J. Stroud being a dual threat. I, I think that's a little bit misleading. Um, if you've watched him during the season, my man is my man stands back there and doesn't like to run. Georgia, the thing about it is, if Georgia finds your tendencies, and say for instance his tendency is not really wanting to run, 
what does that tell me? That tells me that that D line, or you know, maybe the, if some of the, you know, you'll probably see five guys rush, maybe six, right? If if you can sit there and take our six guys and win the line of scrimmage and create pressure, CJ Stroud might have to run. Now he can run. I just don't think that's his preference. Does that mean does that mean something like he could be uncomfortable when trying to run? Now I've also seen him use his legs and it get the offense like you know gets them hyped up and makes it more dangerous. So you have to respect his ability to run, but you have to look at his. I don't know. I guess you could say it's inept. I wouldn't say I don't know. He just don't necessarily like to do that, right? If he yeah. if he if he can sit back there and throw the ball. That's what he's going to do. But, now, we, my, but we have to be we have to be prepared for that because we got slaughtered in that SEC championship last year. <clears throat> Bryce Young using his legs and Bryce Young well, is no a, doubt. he does not like to run at all. He would rather sit back there and pass. Same with CJ. But when we forced him to run, we did not do do a very good job of of. Yeah, I mean, now at the same time, Bryce Young is very very, uh, what's the, what's the word? Um, He's quick with it. He's, he's kind of – he'll make you miss. You know what I mean? He's very elusive, if you will. Um, you know, talk about the receivers. Juan, they don't have – they don't have one person, and I think it's – and it's a big deal here. Uh, you know, the P-O-double-G calls out. Um, you know, Pat fact for the day, actually. Juan Daniels with a knee injury carrying a medicine ball is better than all of Ohio State's receivers. Mm-mm. Um, you know, but at the same time, like – you know, I think you have to look at Jalen Carter going up against what probably their right guard, I would say. Uh, right guard being Matthew Jones. Um, he's about to have he's about to have a field day with that. <clears throat> Just gonna leave that there. Ultimately, I think this is the key here for Ohio State. <clears throat> the question is, how do they handle Georgia's physicality and aggressiveness? What are your thoughts on that? Like, what are your predictions? How do you, how well or bad do you think they handle that aggressiveness and the physicality? The, it, it's it's going to be a culture shock because if you look at it, um, they did not face a a physical football team like they're going to face against Georgia. Like Michigan is pretty good up front. Um, you know, Northwestern gave them all kinds of fits. Um, you know, and uh, but but for them to have to prepare or even understand the speed and the agility and the physicality that they're about to endure. Um, and then to have to do that four quarters. So I think that those first two drives, they're going to be like, wow, we're not cut out for this. We have to continue to do this for four quarters. That's, that's going to be tough. And then also too, you're going to have to, in order for them to be successful, they're going to have to run the football consistently. And the likelihood of them doing that um, is just not, not very high. Because I know, <clears throat> excuse me, and this is why I think it's key to see how how healthy these running backs can get. <clears throat> excuse me, as if I'm not mistaken, you got Mayan Williams right now, and or Dallin Hayden as well, uh, that are carrying the load without Travion and, and Evan Pryor, and rightfully so, they're not a bad running back room, but it could be a lot better if those guys are healthy, right? The two aforementioned there, but I just don't know. I have my reservations on how they handle the physicality because Michigan, in my opinion, is probably the most physical team that they had seen. And they really couldn't do much, right? Like 
to go back and try to remember off of a whim here, if I'm not mistaken, you saw Michigan play man coverage, right? Man coverage on outside. And it really challenged, you know, the receivers to get open. Now, they got open to some points, but it was not as as you would expect, right? So it makes me wonder, you know, how the receivers handle, right, how they handle that, which makes me look at, you know, I, I don't expect Georgia to play a lot of zone. You know what I mean? I, I just don't see that. You might see a slight variation of it, right? But I think you, this is a game where, Georgia, where Ohio State is going to have to get over Georgia playing physical man coverage because that's you know this one. That's what Georgia's about. When they play man coverage, it is a very physical brand of man coverage. So you're going to look for guys like Marvin Harrison. You, I think the key matchup could be Marvin Harrison versus Keely Ringo. However, I- we're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash Blue Wire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash Blue Wire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Because I have a feeling they'll want, I would think Malachi Starks, considering he has better coverage skills, even as a freshman to help out if need be over the top. I feel like Kamari Lasseter can – I feel like he should be able to handle uh, Emeka Obuka, right? And then you start to look around and you got the linebackers playing, right, things like that. I, I genuinely think that if you see us playing physical – a physical brand of football defensively, it can challenge that Ohio State offense to produce um, – I don't expect this Ohio State defense to to look or offense. I mean, to look similar to the game plan that Georgia did defensively against LSU. I just don't see that because they've. I, I can about assure you they don't look at Ohio State as a team led by Jaden Daniels. They look at it probably like a Nussmeyer. So you're going to see more physical brand of football. You have to. I mean, what are your thoughts on that? I mean, does that make yeah, sense? You know I, I mean? I'm I'm sitting here taking a look at. You know, obviously, from a from a comparative standpoint, you know, you're you're looking at you know points per game, you know, and, and points allowed. I mean, if you look at their team stats versus each other, they're very very similar. I mean, they they are very very similar. But as I as I read down to some of the games that that Ohio State's played, I mean, you got Maryland, who's not a very good football team, Indiana, Northwestern, um, and, and you're looking at Penn State. I mean, none of these guys are going to be able to match up with the players that, you know, the, the teams that Georgia's played, they're not going to be able to match up from an, from an SEC standpoint. So when you're looking at that physicality, you're looking at that, just that, that brutal schedule, Georgia's had a pretty tough schedule 
Um, and, and then, you know, it, you know, Ohio State, not so much. So so for them to actually just come in here and just try to match up with us, it, it's, it's going to be some tough sledding. I, I do think you'll see kind of a culture shock as well. You know, just talking about – like, we, we saw what happened. If you watch the game, they – I don't know what it was. I, I think it was more of a defensive situation, which, like I said, we'll talk more about that later. But offensively, you know, I think you disrupted the timing, it looked like, as well. There were some – there were some situations where I thought they should have been able to make plays, and they just didn't. <clears throat> now, how much of that is not having Travion there? Because when they have Travion, they run the ball, and they try to run up the – you know – He's one of those guys that will try to get up the field quick. Right? And I think ultimately defensively, George, that's what Georgia wants. Wants a guy to run up the field, try to run into you. You know what I mean? If if Trayvon is healthy, I think you have to look at, you know, you have to look at how they're going to use tight ends to try to chip our defensive guys, right? Do you do that? I don't know if they have the, diff, you know, the tight end room to do that, but, you know, at the same time, you know, when you have a guy like, you know, Chas Chambliss, if he's playing, he he's got to he's got to keep his responsibility. And I think when you look at Bobby Beal, right, I think you're fine. I'm comfortable with him. When you look at Chas Chambliss or Michael Williams, right, I, I think Michael Williams could have a big game, depending on how those tackles play. Mm-hmm. Because even as a freshman, you, you saw. Michael Williams' ability as a pass rusher. It's, it's evident. So if, if Ohio State can't move the ball and is put in third and medium, third and long situations, it could get ugly because of the, the skill set that we have from a pass rush standpoint. And like I said, when you look at a situation, and I think defensively this is going to help, it, it'll force, it will force C.J. Stroud out of the pocket. He, he's mobile enough. But I think Georgia has the linebackers to kind of, if you want to spy, you know, maybe put a small mind in there to spy. The speed is just too much. And I think the speed could cause Ohio State's offense some problems. I just don't see a defense that's played or that they have played that is as fast as that. I, I think, like I said, you talked about the culture shock, honestly, from all facets of the game. You know, physicality, speed, aggressiveness. I, I think that might be a complete culture shock. They might not be ready for that. Yeah. And, and, you know, they have to do that for, for continuous four quarters. You know, that, that's that's going to be tough. I mean, ultimately, I think it's a, a matter of a certain your will, right? To me, and I've said this recently, but I feel like Ryan Day offensively is just fine, but it's more of a finesse and less physicality. You know, when you when you go back to um, – what? how can I explain it? Go back to Urban Meyer, right, Jim Trestle. What were those What were those offenses known for? I mean, it was just physicality. I yeah. mean, they, they, they really were. You know, you, you get a – you know, Urban Meyer, you get you a big old Tim Tebow or, or you know, or you get, the, you know, those big old Cardell, you know, and those guys, and they just had big, strong, powerful guys that were just coming – they were coming downhill. Yeah, I mean, Terrell Pryor was a good example. Terrell Pryor, yeah. I mean, you look at those teams, right? And like I said, they had a lot of physicality. I mean, ultimately defense, right? We're going to talk about that Wednesday. But they had a different brand of defense, too. So not to get too far into that. Um, 
we, we talked about Ohio State's offense, things like that, but let's transition to Georgia. Now we're talking the dogs. Ultimately, Juan, where do you think, you know, looking at our offense and knowing our offense, what, what do you see Georgia, like what do you see Georgia having to do to, to get their way and win this game? Well, obviously be physical up front. And, you know, they, they are always going to be physical up front. I think the most physical team that they ran into this year was uh, that, that Kentucky group, and they were still able to do what they needed to do to run the ball. Ohio State is not going to be that physical. They're actually kind of small up front as well. So we're just going to, you know, you need to see a dose of Milton and, and, and McIntosh and Edwards, um, you know, and, and all of these guys that are, you know, just, you know, just rotating, rotating. The, the crazy thing that's going to be difficult for Ohio State defensively is who do you defend? Who, who, who do you think? I want to just to, to, to hear what we'll, we'll, I'll run down of just a list really quick on, you know, their, their games. Here's the high rusher for, for their games. It was Milton, Milton, Bennett, Bowers, McIntosh, Robinson, Edwards, Edwards, McIntosh, McConkey, McIntosh, McIntosh, Milton. Then you look at the high, high receivers for all of their games that they played. It was McIntosh, McIntosh, Bowers, McConkey, Bowers, McConkey. Washington, Bowers, McConkey, Blaylock, McIntosh, Bowers. Who do you prepare for? Who do you I, think that's the, I think that's the key question there, right? Like what makes this offense, what makes this offense so potent, Juan, and see if you want to add on to this. The ability for one player to, to step out at any point and, and make a statement at any point in time. And it's not just one consistently. You have at least one per game that stands out and makes plays and becomes that player of the game, if you will. What kind of question is that, KTG? I'm not a piv extra kind of guy. Y'all know better. Y'all know better. Got my daily doctor's appointment, you know? But ultimately, though, you know, like you like you said, you started listing off those names, right? Kendall Milton's finally getting healthy again. And we saw in the past couple games what a healthy Kendall Milton can look like. Leading rusher in the SEC championship game, my eight carries for like a hundred and almost a buck twenty, almost. Like, you add that to it, but then you also try to you know game plan against the tight ends. Yeah, you could have Darnell Washington go off, and then Brock Bowers the next game could sit there and just you know hit three touchdowns. <laughs> and then you have Lad McConkey. Oh wait, okay, so Lad McConkey, you want a game plan against him? Okay. Next thing you know, Marcus shows me Jack Saint coming in making a you know two. Uh, two-toe tapping touchdown right against Tennessee. Remember that? Or Blaylock. Or, or hell, hell, Stetson could be the player. He could run the ball like he did at Auburn, 65 yards to the house. Like, so you have to get there's, – there's a multitude of ways to game plan, and it makes it extremely difficult to do so because of the, you know, the great players around Stetson Bennett. But also Stetson Bennett can kill you with his feet. The way I've seen – if you go back and watch Michigan-Ohio State their ends, they get up the field. And what I mean by that, if you're not careful, it will lead to wide open lanes for Stetson to just hold it and run right through. They like to get upfield, and they get upfield fast. So if the tackles, if, if Broderick, if, if McClendon is healthy and playing, right, if you can get up the field and, and push them up past, I'm telling you right now, all Setson needs to do is get up in the pocket. If you have your tight ends, 
and receivers running running routes and things like that, it's going to be a problem because you have to account for that. They have a tendency to pass rush. Even they'll they'll even give up runs like if in their pass rush. Uh, I don't know if you've noticed this. angles are terrible, and what that tells me is they're so focused on getting sacks in the pass rush that they compromise themselves in the run game. So, it, it, for instance, when Georgia defensively tries to stop the run, we're straight up, right? Their ends are literally sideways, Juan. Sideways. How are you going to make a play like that? Can't do that. Especially against a team like Georgia. Because Georgia can run it on the outside. You can do trucks. You can do, you know, toss sweeps. You can do truck sweeps, you know, jet sweeps. But then also, if you want to do – however you want to do it, you want to do split zone, you want to do counter, tray counter, you name it. Georgia can run it. All right? You can run it. With that being said, you got to – I think if they don't respect that, we're going to run the ball. And I guarantee you what Michigan did on running the ball ain't going to be shit. Yeah. Because it's going it's to happen for four quarters. It's going to be a bad – it's going to be a bad day. It's going to be well, a bad day. Ultimately, yes. Now, at the same time, not going to shit on their defense all that much, too much, because that also poses a threat for Georgia, uh, for Georgia to have to to work around offensively. Right? You can't hold on to the ball that long because they have. Listen, their the interesting thing is some of the get off that I've seen from that Ohio State, especially those ends. Those are that's a problem. That's a problem. So you might see Georgia have to allude to some, you know, to some short game, right? Do some short game screens. I'm telling you right now, outside of Ohio State's front four, they are small, folks. They are small. And what does that mean, Juan? Especially on the outsides. What does that mean if you're Georgia? Let's, let's throw it, man. <laughs> Let's throw it. I wouldn't even say that. Perimeter blocking. Oh, we've got the best perimeter blocking hands down. I mean, there is no ifs, ands, or buts about it. We have the best perimeter blocking. Well, my th- my thought is this, right? When I, like I said, if you go look at these guys, go back at if you can find the if you find the game, just look at those guys from a physical like from a physical measurable standpoint, and just picture Georgia's physicality on the perimeter and with Darnell and Brock Bowers. To me, I'm seeing screens. I'm seeing, you know, uh, like lead, right, like a lead counter, right, where you have Darnell or, you know, Brock Bowers coming and just leading leading the way to block, whatever. It could get ugly if they don't shed blocks because when you have the running backs like Georgia does, Kenny McIntosh will make you miss. He can make you miss, and he can fly right by you. Dejan Edwards, same thing. Kendall Milton will just run through you. He don't give a damn. No. When I see Kendall Milton and I look at those guys from a from a measurable standpoint, I'm picturing bad things. <laughs> and it's not and it's not by choice. It's just the way it's just the way it's built to be. These guys better come ready to fucking tackle. That's all I'm gonna say. Yep. Because we've alluded to this already. Georgia's gonna be physical. You know they will. Kirby's going to game plan. He don't care what it looks like. He's going to game plan to win the damn game. 
And if that means lean on these guys with Devin Willick and Broderick Jones and Tate Rattlers for four quarters and just break their will, physically break them bitches, as, as Kirby would say, he's going to do it. Yeah. Keep them honest, right? Keep them honest. But what's the best way to beat an offense that's potent as shit? Just keep them off the field. Uh-huh. See, what if you field. see what if you see a double digit drive, 75 yard double digit drive, right? Double or double digit play, 75 yard drive, killing off half a quarter. What if you saw that one? That's that's that that hurts. Because yeah, you know, I mean it, it could happen, right? It could happen. But I also see Georgia trying to take some deep shots as well. Yeah. Because I saw, and I guarantee you Kirby and staff saw this too, what Michigan was able to do offensively. And I'm not talking about just run the ball. I'm talking hitting deep shots. Now, they'll have some time to fix those things, just as we would. But the opportunity is there, if you will say that. Now, my question to you, Juan, do you think that if in the passing game, Based off of what what I've seen, do you think it's possible to leave a running back in for pass pro, or do you think we utilize them out of the backfield and just I, trust I, trust our offensive line? What do you see? I, I trust our offensive line. I mean, you know, if you think about it, you know, just being in the SEC alone, you've seen the best of the best. You're going to see the best that you, you know, that that, that you're going to see. And if they were able to do it, then I'm pretty confident that they're going to be able to send them back out of the backfield. And that's just going to be it's it's going to be terrible. Like I, I was watching the 49ers game last night. They motioned out uh, Christian McCaffrey to a to a wide out, and he just goes and runs right by a guy and scores, which is the same thing that we saw Milton do um, earlier in the season when they just spread him out and let him run down the field. I I, I can see us doing all kinds of things to take uh, advantage of all these matchups, and this is just only what we see. So imagine what Munkin is game planning for and imagine what he is strategizing for to you know to to take on this Ohio State team. It, it's it's gonna be pretty special. <laughs> Just I guarantee you that's I guarantee you that's him right there thinking about it. Yeah. I, I, he's yeah. foaming at the mouth. You know it. Listen ultimately I, I think Georgia offensively will just be too physical. We saw what happened defensively against Michigan from Ohio State, the output there. If if they thought that Michigan was, you know, too physical, if it was too physical, listen, albeit that's a rivalry game, right, and one of the biggest in the, you know, the biggest in the country there. Um, Georgia does that on a weekly basis for the most part. Don't need a rivalry there. Just fucking road grade you. You know what I mean? Yeah. Well, also, too, and I, I'm, I'm looking at this, Right here again, you know, and, and call me an SEC homer or that, that SEC bias, but Georgia allowed seven sacks in 13 games this year. Um, so again, do do I trust our offensive line? A thousand percent, I do. I, I think at the same time we trust that, and you trust Stetson's legs. Now, at the same time, Stetson has to play a good game in the sense where you don't give them the ball. You know, yeah. turnovers. And honestly, it hasn't been as many picks as it has been hitting the ball, letting the ball hit the turf. You know, fumbles. I think you look at running backs, you better hold on to the ball, right? I think you better be holding on to the ball. There was one, if you had to choose one person, if, if you will, or however you want to view this, 
what would be what do you predict if you will be the be the matchup to watch for Georgia's offense versus Ohio State's defense what is your what is your one matchup that you're most willing to see or most excited to see um I, I would probably say um you know our, our receivers versus their secondary if if if, if that's going to be something because I I think that Ohio State is going to sell out to, to, to stop the run. I really, really, really do. And so, you know, to see a, a lad McConkie go up against somebody or, you know, or, or Bowers or anybody, I, I think that that's what's going to be, you know, if, if we're looking at key matchups, that's going to be the key matchup for, for, for Georgia. What is our receivers going to be able to do against the secondary? I'm glad you brought that up because watching that Michigan game, this is what killed them ultimately, right? When they had to – so Michigan was obviously gashing them. So to, for them to stop the run, they had to bring in eight players into the box. And depending on how the formations were set up, sometimes nine to stop the run. The one thing I will say about this is Georgia only needs six. And if we can get six, it's a wrap. Mm -hmm. At tops, I've seen seven. I don't think I've seen eight in the box all year unless it's goal line. If that right there could be the biggest key for me and seeing how how Georgia's offensive line matches up against the defense that if they're trying to stop the run, they have to throw that amount of bodies in there. They have to. So my thought, I think my matchup is the lines of scrimmage. Offensive line versus the defensive personnel that they try to run especially in the run game because you know to your you know to that point right if you have eight guys in the box trying to stop the run what better way to do it than to sit there and do a jet sweep when they're already in the box and utilize Kenny McIntosh with speed into space yeah if you know they're trying to stop the run especially in the with Brock Bowers right like if you can do a personnel situation where they have eight guys in the box trying to stop it, hit them outside the tackle box quickly, and it will be a problem for them because they don't have the guys outside to handle it. I, I just don't see that. This ain't the DBU that you're used to hearing from back in the day, mm -hmm. at least to my knowledge. And if Ohio State fan wants to come in here and tell me about it, I'll listen to see what <laughs> you got to say. But when it comes to the out, like I said, the perimeter blocking, things like that. It would not surprise me to see that to see Georgia run the ball, establish the run game, because you know that's got to happen. Establish that run game, and when they come in to stop it, that's when you start to see Todd Munkin do his thing, get his bag, hit guys out in space, quick space, screens. You know, do you see a lot of twelve personnel? Do you see a lot of trip? You know, bunch uh, combinate or bunch concepts, if you will. I, I think you could see that, but it's yeah. going to keep is. Because ultimately, and if they start to put seven, eight guys in the box, you might see Todd Munkin put, you know, maybe you see him put a, you know, a bunch out there on the side, on the end of the line of scrimmage. Or do you try to see, get them to spread them out and force them, right? Do you, you play a lot, maybe even like, you know, four personnel, move Brock Bowers out and, you know, do that right there. Try to get, you know, your five against maybe six or seven, right? And then just run it down their throats. Yeah, because if you spread them out, if they try to put eight in the box against a spread offense like that, what does that mean? 
smoke routes. Yeah. And it's going to kill them. It'll kill them. So it forces them to spread out. And then that's what – this is why I think this matchup lines up extremely well, potentially, overall. It's just it, – to me, it's just a physicality. And the options that we have could be a very big problem. What's up? <laughs> is, is that Mr. Ash? Yes, sir. Tell, tell him congratulations on a great uh, freshman season. Yeah, congratulations. Thank you, thank you. Yeah. Hey, tell him I did see. I stayed up till two o'clock in the morning one a, a few times. Oh, we were, yeah, that's right. We were messaging back and forth, man. Shit, it's Pac-12 after dark. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. <clears throat> but no, I mean, so you get what I'm saying, right? Like the offensive, the game plan, right? The game calling to keep them in, right? To keep them open, if you will. Um, that's gonna be that's gonna be juicy if I'm a Georgia fan. It's that simple. Uh, oh, yeah, hashtag. You didn't do the hashtag. Didn't do it, but the brigade came in hot with the Ash fan club. Look, I'll give it a good workout. <laughs> but not so I, I want to hear the brigade for a second. I want to let us know what your matchup, right? Let us in the comments. What, what matchup are you most excited to see? Uh, while we wait for them and the brigade to pop in, Juan. Do you think – Do you think? how do you think Georgia's offense will fare? Do you think there's more pass? Like, a, is it more a more run to pass? Do you think it's balanced? What, what are your thoughts on that? I mean, I, I think it's going it, to – it'll essentially be more run to pass. I mean, that's, that, that's going to be what it is. is, is you know, they're going to they're gonna try to run the ball, and then they're just going to wear, wear that defensive line down and then just to the point where they're going to break – and then you're just going to see us, just like Michigan ran all over them, you're going to see us run completely all over them. So, with that being said, do you have a running back that you think is going to have a better game than the others? Or do you think it's uh, balanced? Give, give me Milton. Give me Milton. I, 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 see, I see you, KTG. So that's my QB. <laughs> I hope you got the tears in your eyes, too. <laughs> that's my he, got a, he got him tattooed. You know, he got him tattooed. Do you know what I mean? That's my quarterback. <laughs> Why can't I be quarterback? Throw me the ball. But no, I'm sitting there. I think because if you look back at the SEC uh, championship, we were basically balanced, if you will. And and it's not in a bad way. I'm talking like 250 plus on the on the ground, 250 plus in the air. That is a deadly combination. Tells you how balanced Georgia is and we can do it however we want to. Right. Now the game plan, I just feel the game plan. I feel like this is setting up to be a just control your will kind of game and embarrass Ohio State. I, I think that's what Kirby's going to try to do. Is we look well, back here's, at Michigan. here's the other thing too that, that that Georgia's done a great job of this year, and it's 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 common opponents. And when when Georgia plays a common opponent, one of the things that they do is they just absolutely blast them just so they know, so there is no comparisons. There aren't any comparisons. And I, I think that this being a, a, a common opponent, um, I, I see Georgia really, really just trying to drown, absolutely drown Ohio State to send a message to, to Michigan for that, for that uh, championship game to say, listen, man, I, I get it. You know, you guys, you know, played your best game right there, but you have no idea what you're about to be in store for. No doubt. I, I think you'll see – honestly, I think you'll see more run game as well. But I, I think you see more balance. I, I do. Because I, I think 
the best way to prove a point is to do what you did in the in the SEC championship game. Come out offensively and show your balance and do it efficiently as well. Because one of the things that I thought was our biggest weakness this season did not show itself in the SEC championship game. That was red zone offense. We did not struggle nearly as bad as we had in the, in the games in the past in a regular season. If that's a preview of things to come, oh, it's going to get nasty. Oh, it's going to get nasty. So I think that's something as well, right? Like, do does, how does Georgia fare in the red zone? I feel like that's something that right, we, we need to be able to establish and, and run the ball. But you don't want to get too predictable, especially in the red zone, right? Like, So what are your thoughts in, in regards to the red zone based off of what we're seeing offensively? What do you think we should do uh, from that standpoint to, to be efficient in the red zone and not lean on field goals and score touchdowns? This well, you know, obviously play action. They know that we're going to try to pound the ball. So I think play action is going to be big, um, just like you talked about a little bit earlier, screens. But I, I would take a Kendall Milton or I would take one of our, one of our running backs, line them up on the outside. And, and let them go to work. You got your slants, you got your goes, you got your posts. You can do whatever you want to um, with those running backs. Heck, I'd, I'd even put two running backs on the field at the same time. I mean, I, you know, just kind of mix it up um, so that we are not very predictable and so that they cannot adjust um, to, to what we're going to do. But what I do love, you know, we got about two, three weeks of Munkin that's going to be, he's just going to be planning. There's going to be you know, a lot of things that were successful against Ohio State this year. And you can best believe everything that he saw that was successful against them, we're going to have it tenfold. I think another thing, too, is, you know, I think we need to be creative, but don't get too cute with shit. You know what I mean? Because that was some of the things that I'd seen that I got questions about was, why are we trying to be so cute when it comes down to the red zone? When you're we're within the five-yard line, right, for instance. And you want to sit there and do like some, you know, jet sweeps and stuff like that. Why be cute? However, at the same time, I also see the counterbalance and, and it showed a little bit. Third and one, fourth and one situation. So we still don't get enough push. So, you know, it kind of answers your question, but you got to figure out the, what needs to be done. It, it, do you tell your linemen to drop their nuts and just go at it and go? <laughs> yeah. You know what I mean? Like yeah. South Carolina man coming in handy right there. Um but yeah, I mean, ultimately, I think you can see like, yeah, and one, this you might you might love this too. I think Ad Mitchell could come in clutch with like short goal line situations. Mm-hmm. I feel like he when he's healthy. If you remember against McCreary last year, I think it was that whip route. Oh yeah, that can be. Now we tried that in the SEC championship game, and he fell down. With him getting three weeks of added health and you know and getting back and and repping this stuff out, I think you see that play at least one time in the red zone, and I think you connect on it too because when he's healthy and he can run that route comfortably and confidently, I don't see a lot of DBs stopping that. Yeah, you can't. It's tough. Now, now something else too. We did it in the SEC championship game. It was absolutely beautiful to see Darnell Washington in the red zone, actually receiving, getting a receiving touchdown. That was fun to see. And it's so long, you know, but he also had a big game where we saw him catch that two, uh, two point conversion too. Yep. Like 
finding it seems like regardless of the the score, finding those ways to get him involved in the red zone when you're six seven six seven and a half six eight range, that is a must, absolutely a must. Um, American teams, uh, Jalen Carter, Chris Smith, first team All American, uh, and Brock Bowers. Thoughts on that? Say that again. You cut out. All right. So AP All-Americans just released. First team, you have Jalen Carter, Chris Smith. Second team, you have Jamon Dumas-Johnson and Brock Bowers. Well, you know, Chris Smith and, and, and Carter, That those are easy. Um, that, absolutely easy. I'm a little – just kind of taken aback about the Brock Bowers being the the, the second team because I don't I mean who was the first team guy? Uh, probably Michael Meyer. I I can try to look and confirm. Which is which is crazy because again I I didn't think that he was um, as 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 good as advertised. But you know again. Say it again. You saw yeah yeah so I, I Michael Meyer. Yeah, I saw Michael I saw Meyer him. was first team. Michael Meyer yep. was first team. Yep, yep. I, I I saw him in person. Um, but again, it, it it'll just be something additional that, that Kirby's gonna put up on the board to say, hey, this this is what they think about you. They disrespected you. Yep. Hey, oh yeah. Like see my, my thought is I, like, I think Bowers is not that guy that you want to get mad. <laughs> oh man, you know, Kirby will find a way to get uh Jalen Carter mad. Yep. About being first team. How much you want to bet? Yeah, you see that too. He will find a way to motivate. That's 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 something that I mean, you know this all too well. But Kirby has got to be the master motivator, man. Like he yeah. will find anything and everything to, you know, to motivate guys and 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 do that. And, and if I'm listen, what what do you think would happen, Juan? If because right now you have uh, you have Georgia and Michigan offensive lines as the two finalists for the Joe Moore Award. I fear for Ohio State yeah. if they say Michigan is the Joe Moore Award winner <laughs> over Georgia. I'm just saying because that's going to make that offensive line even more fucking physical. Yeah, and I'm all good. for that. I'm it's going to be ugly. It's going to be ugly. Uh, let's see. Pat asked any updates on Ladd and McClendon. Yeah, I think, that's what I was. I think, that's what I was looking. I think for. I think they'll both be okay for the game. I, I do. Obviously, you know, if this was a week. You know, week if we were getting ready for a game this week, I, I don't know how confident I would say. Yeah. But the fact that you've got several weeks here to rest I mean, up and get healthy, and I think Kirby's really hush hush on these on these types of things too. So I don't think that even if they did have something, it's not like we're going to know here pretty soon. Uh, so it looks as if uh, we talked about this at the very beginning, but it seems like Coach Lee's Coach Leach has passed. Away, oh, that's sad. Uh, waiting to confirm that, trying to find that. Um, I don't know. And at the same time, I am looking to try to make sure that that is the case. Uh, so keep that in mind. I'm just looking to see what the latest is because that's important. Um, let me look. Okay, maybe maybe not so fast, but I'm not sure. Yeah. But nonetheless, like I said, 
keep in your thoughts, keep your fam or keep the family thoughts and prayers. Because uh, that is a uh, tumultuous time, and it's not a good one by any stretch of the means. Uh, let's see. Does the does the brigade have any questions in regards to this offensive? I guess you could say offensive analysis before we wrap this thing up. <clears throat> we'll let those folks chime in. One, what are your final thoughts before we while we give the uh, brigade some time to ask questions? Man, I'm just I'm I'm excited to to you know to to get the show on the road, man. Um, I just think it's going to be, um, you, you know, for for me, it's just going to be joy because I've always said how bad I felt like Ohio State was. So for us to be the ones to really really punish them, um, and again, I think that that Kirby does a great job of you know saying, hey, these common opponents, I want to leave no doubt, and I, I just think that that uh, they're going to be ready. Uh, so Pat is saying that the Leach family has been calling, called in, waiting on children to arrive. It's the current Mike Leach status. So <clears throat> we'll see how that goes, which is, that's to me, that's not a good sign whatsoever when that is the case. Um, <clears throat> but to kind of keep things going here, I'm just looking at it as I, I feel like we don't have to worry about these guys you know, not playing down. These guys are going to be up for this game. It's a game that if you know, a lot of people may not remember, uh, Ohio State canceled the series. We were supposed to play Ohio State uh, in twenty and twenty one. They canceled it. They canceled the series. Did you remember that one? Mm-mm. Yeah, canceled the series, man. Ohio State did. So if you have an Ohio State person you're chatting with, let them know that they could have played us and received two ass weapons, but they didn't want to. <laughs> I mean, let's be honest. I think it would have happened. Let's just be real. Because <clears throat> um, Michael B says a healthy AD makes this O tough to defend. And you know, listen, we haven't had AD Mitchell healthy since Sanford, um, mm-hmm. and his presence has been surely missed. Um, I felt like you know, Juan, did did you go to Tennessee or something? Or because you know, you won, like Hyatt won the Bil- uh, Belikinoff, but Belitnikoff. Litnikoff, God almighty. Yeah. Welcome to Monday, folks. I only know that I only know that because I'm a receiver. So <laughs> Yeah, there you go. Try to say that name five times faster. Yeah. Yeah. No, you're fine. But no, so I think it'll be I think it'll be interesting. And I just want to see how how charged up these guys are. Because you know it's coming. They've got that on their mind. But I don't think there's a layover. I think it's also interesting to see. Um that's Kobe in the chat. Oh, Jesus. It'll be interesting to see how they respond, right, coming off of a SEC championship that they've eluded since 2017, right? That's that's a big deal. How motivated are these guys to come out and prove more points? I, I think I think they will be, but I want to see to what level, what degree, because you know, you've got the SEC championship. You've got an unblemished back-to-back regular season now for the first time in school history. Their, uh, first time in school history going 13-0. and 0. Now you've got a chance to be 15-0, but it starts with Ohio State. Mm-hmm. And the level of focus, the level of physicality, like we've talked about throughout this episode today, it has to be on an extremely high level to go out and play Georgia's brand of football. I don't see any doubt in my mind or to for reason to believe that it will not uh, be difficult for them to get up and play for this game. 
They're, I guarantee they are laser focused. They've had three weeks to do it. It's about to get juicy, folks. About to get his, it's about to be a man on oh man. I'm looking forward to it. I, I really am. I, we, we've been wanting to talk about this matchup for a while, and now you get it. So yep. here it is. Oh, yeah. And then, I, I, like I said, we're not going to get ahead because while we think we may know what happens in the other semifinal matchup, we'll talk about that when it comes time. Um, Kobe, we did talk about the AP All-Americans. Yes. Um, hell, let us know what your thoughts are about uh, Mr. Bowers coming in second team after winning the Mackey Award. I find that interesting, don't you? Juan, you talked about it too. Like, how, how can you win the best tight end in the country but still be second in the AP All-American? Crazy. Like, is there a calculated – like, is there a calculation for that? I mean, what is it, a statistical award? Yeah. <laughs> like the Heisman? Like, if, if anything, this year shows you that those, shits, those awards are all statistics-driven. Uh, yep. Yep. Anyways, with that being said, um, final comment, Helen Keller must have the majority vote for the AP. Yep. <laughs> no doubt. Juan, we'll catch you back here Wednesday, sir. Yes, sir. Talk about defense this time, so not, not you know, not up your alley with the receiver, but definitely think it'll be interesting to talk about the defense. There's a lot to talk about. Yes, sir. Uh, with that being said, have a great rest of your day. Make sure to like, follow, subscribe, leave us a review on podcast. And with that being said, go dogs. Go dogs. <laughs>